resurrection of Jesus Christ. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he gives us instruction regarding um, the Lord's Supper. And tonight we want to we remind ourselves of the purposes of the Lord's Supper and just remind us of this and then to give us time to quiet ourselves before God um, and thank Him for the blood of Jesus Christ and His body that was broken. You notice in verse 23, um, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take eat. This is My body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of Me. In the same manner, He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of Me. For as often as you eat this bread... And drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He come. Then he goes on and gives some warnings about our partaking of the Lord's Supper unworthily. Now we know that none of us are worthy in and of ourselves to, um, to come before the Lord. But he says that... Um, the unworthily is this aspect just introducing here. This is an, an ordinance that God gave to the church, two ordinances that He gave to the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. A baptism after a person has trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sin. It's a public testimony that I am a follower of Christ I am one with His death, with His burial going under the water, and with His resurrection. That is the one ordinance. The other ordinance that He gave is the Lord's Supper, where people that have received Jesus Christ have followed Him in obedience to the waters of baptism and, and have identified with the local church, gather together, and it is, a, it is a symbol that God designed for us. It's a statement, first of all, that I am a follower of Christ. I am in fellowship with God, and I am in fellowship with one another. That's the communion. We are in communion with God. And we are in fellowship with one another. So one of the first things, it is, it is a symbol, a symbol of fellowship. Well, it's a reminder to us that because I'm in fellowship with God, a child of God, I need to examine my life. Is there anything that is between me and my Savior? And, and we need to be sensitive about this daily, and it's a reminder to us. Daily, I need to be sensitive about my sin. But it's also a reminder to us 
that um, as a child of God, um, we are a very favored people, not in the sense we are better than anyone else, that God's mercy has been poured upon us, that we are brought into fellowship with Him. And it's a reminder to us of that fellowship. And this fellowship is also a reminder to us of the communion that we are to have one to another, that we are to love as Christ loved, um, that we are, if you please, um, a team. We should be one in Christ and one in spirit and one in function, that we rejoice with those that rejoice, that we weep with those that weep, that we bear one another's burdens and... Um, If we are not for each other, who is going to be for us? If we don't build each other up, who is going to build one another up? It's certainly not the world. And that's one of the reasons why it's important that, that we come together and are reminded as a symbol, okay, I have a commitment to God, but I also have a commitment to one another as believers. And how am I doing in that responsibility? And and is there anyone that I need to make things right with and correct things with? So, first of all, it's a symbol. Um, but, of course, we think it as more than a symbol... When Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me, it is a memorial. For us to remember the life, the sacrifice, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remembering His body. We are coming in, approaching the uh, resurrection season, and we will be reminded again of the crucifixion of of Jesus Christ will be reminded of His resurrection. But the more I learn about the crucifixion, the more I realize that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate payment for our sin. In remembering His body that was broken, um, it's hard for us to, to... to visualize this, it's hard for us to realize it, but tonight, as you hold this bread, which is a symbol of His body, this bread has already been broken. And as you hold it, go before God tonight and say, God, I cannot even imagine what you went through for me, but you were willing to allow your body literally to be broken. The, just the, the beatings that he took physically are, are such that um, are incomprehensible. And that his body was broken for us. It's here to remind us of that. It's here to remind us of his blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. I mean, we would still be bearing the weight of our sin tonight, the guilt of all that sin. We would be bearing that yet tonight. 
And it's a reminder to us the cost of our salvation. Jesus Christ alone could pay the price for our salvation. He alone was the perfect sacrifice. So it's a reminder of that, a memorial to that. But it's a, it's a memorial to us also to remind us what He saved us from. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 um, he says, gives a whole list of, of sins and lifestyles. And then he says, such were some of you. Praise the Lord. And it's a reminder, we mentioned this morning, the natural state of our heart in rebellion to God, the vileness of our heart, the wickedness of our way, the selfishness, the manipulation And were it not for the grace of God, we would be even deeper in that sin. So it's a reminder to us. And it's a reminder to us, think about eternity without Christ in the lake of fire. That ought to make our hearts say, God, thank You for the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a symbol... It is a memorial. Yesterday I um, happened to hear Ravi Zacharias' program. And just in passing, he mentioned civilizations. The Hebrews have worshipped the past. He said the existentialists worship the present. And he says, the utopians, and you would be amazed how many people there are that are this way, they believe they can bring in utopia, and they're they're worshiping the future. When Jesus Christ said in verse 26, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. He says, presently, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. What we're doing here today is saying the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ still avails today. This last week, I heard that Pastor Saeed in prison in Iran has led dozens of people to Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ cannot be kept out of prisons in Iran or refugee camps in Syria. The blood of Jesus Christ is still present today. And and it ministers in our life today. But he says, as often as you do this, you proclaim. We are showing forth the Lord's death. That's dealing with the past, looking back, and the memorial. But it's also making us until He comes again. See, He wants us, and as He instituted this, He wants us to realize that, hey, thank the Lord for what He's done, but see the whole picture. He did pay the penalty, rose again, And He is coming again. You proclaim the Lord's death until He come. 
And as we do this, it ought to fill our hearts with hope. God, I look forward to the day when there's no more battle with sin, there's no more sorrow, there's no more night, there's no more injustice. And I look forward to that day by the blood of Jesus Christ and the body that Christ gave to pay the penalty for our sins. The reality, as he said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, when he said, The trumpet of the Lord shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I don't know about you, I'm pretty sure about you as well, but there's a lot in this world that is very wearying. And as we're coming today, we're saying, thank you, God, that you have saved me from my past, that you are walking with me in my present, and thank you that I can trust you for the future. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. It's all because God in the flesh. Jesus Christ was not just a prophet. Jesus Christ was not a man in the sense of being just a man. Jesus Christ was God incarnate. God in the flesh. And that God so loved me and so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. This is the love that we talked about this morning. And, and as we come and think on this and, and go our way and allow this to, to ruminate in our heart and mind to think about this is what life is all about. Jesus Christ. Not His example, but His life, His death, His resurrection, and His coming again. And in understanding the, the tradition, if you please, of doing this, there's, there's no merit in that. There, there's no merit in the form. There's no merit. There's no special grace that is, is ministered through this unless it brings us to the foot of the cross and to the empty tomb and to the nail-scarred hands and to the soon-returning King of kings and Lord of lords. And when it makes us realize afresh, why should He love me so? Why should my Savior to Calvary go? Why? We're the rebels. No, I'm going to do it my way. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan didn't originate that I'll do it my way thing. Adam and Eve, the devil originated that. I'll do it my way. And, and I've been to funerals where they pride themselves. He did it his way. And they may even play Bob Dylan's song. It's just another evidence of our reprobate mind. 
This is coming and saying, God, in your mercy, you're showing me that my way was the wrong way. And I am committed to do it your way. And it ought to bring us to a state of humility and humbling before God and saying, God, there is no telling where I would be tonight, but there is no question where I would be for eternity were it not for your broken body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And how can I ever thank you enough? To realize what God has done. And, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough. It's, this is between you and the Lord. And you will benefit from this as much as you allow God's Spirit to minister in your life. And, and to make you realize and cause you to see the greatness of God's love. So it is. It's a, it's a symbol for us that God has brought us to fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. Of the present, that's where we are. It is a memorial. We're looking back. But, you know, it's not just looking back and remembering what had happened. It's also looking forward to realize what is going to happen. And to see the big picture. To see the whole picture. And as we bring our hearts to, to meditate on the love of God, it cannot help but encourage our hearts. It cannot help but cause us to reciprocate. We love Him because He first loved us. And in realizing that we can't love God apart from His love, we wouldn't know what love was. And in realizing the joy that we have in reminding ourselves of God's love and bowing before Him with a heart of thanksgiving. You know, I, I just picture in my mind here tonight, I just picture in my mind all of us gathering around God and saying, God, thank You for saving my soul. That we're one of the ten coming back and saying, thank You, Lord. I don't know when You've done it last, but we've never, ever done it enough to thank Him for His body that was willingly broken. They didn't take it from Him. He willingly gave it. And His blood that was shed for the remission of sin. I'm going to ask Jason if he'd come. I, I think um, 138 is that.